You are now tuned into another episode from Thoughts from a Counselor. So, happy Saturday, everybody. As you will see soon enough, this episode is an extra special one because we finally incorporated the new dimension that you know y'all have been asking about mm-hmm. and that we thought was a neat add-in anyway. But we'll talk about that more later. Because to introduce us, I'm Libra Lester III. And I'm Paul Singleton II. And as is usual for our show, we've cooked up a super special topic that we, we put some time into, like we always do. And before we get into that, I'm going to kick it to Paul, because I think it's important for y'all to know who we are. Yes, yes, yes. So just in case this is your first time hearing our wonderful voices and joining us for this podcast experience, we are two black counselors in training who are bridging the gap between what we were taught what we know, and what we think we know, all through understanding the world by recognizing that the world is still being formed. So now that you have a great sense of who we are and what we do here, Libra, do you mind introducing the topic for the day? Okay, so today's episode topic is the podcast so far. Because what's good about being creative while reviewing your creations? Right. And as always, you know, we like to intro the topic. So this podcast is an idea that Paul and I put together around like December-ish of 2019. And we've covered a wide range of topics. You know, we just recently recorded our 40th episode and then our 41st episode. And it's it's kind of shocking to think about how much time has passed in that two years. Right. But um, we... We're going to get into that because, Paul, now you can hit us with our first question. Absolutely. And since we're thinking about the podcast, I would like um, for us to really focus in and on what we feel the podcast is. And I think it would be pretty dope if our listeners got a sense of how we feel it's been going thus far and what it's our favorite tidbits or favorite parts of being a part of a podcast like Thoughts for a Counselor. So the first question, what about the work we do has stuck out to you? Okay. Um, I think what stuck out to me, especially as we've been, you know, learning and improving, is just how, how difficult it can be to share your thoughts and then realize that you have no idea who's engaging with them. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I'd be in my head like, hmm. You know, this is this is like public speaking, I suppose, but it's also distinctly different, especially since, you know, we we tell our friends to listen. We tell our other people to listen. But then we get on the page, you know, on our Instagram where anybody can comment or DM us stuff and people be sending us like love and affirmation. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, like <laughs> you found our show. Right. It, um, it, it can be humbling while also scary, but also really affirming. Too. No, for sure. I love that you mentioned humbling because I think that was the first thought that came to my mind. I think obviously uh, in the fields that we've been in and our experiences like public speaking, speaking in front of our classmates, our peers, in front of a crowd is something that we have become comfortable doing. However, when you are given that feedback, when people are coming up to you and saying or interested in what you're talking about, 
um, more so than just doing it for a grade or doing it because they were forced to be here. These individuals are choosing to listen to what we're, we're discussing and then really enjoying our conversations. I think it really is humbling and it's, it's uh, almost fulfilling in a sense because it makes you really appreciate the journeys that you've gone on, sharing the stories that you've shared, but also feeling and understanding that your journey isn't isolated to you. So someone can pull from your journey, someone can pull from the conversations that we're having and really apply it and make it applicable, make it applicable, excuse me, to their own lives, um, which reminds me that my world isn't as uh, small or linear as I may have thought um, growing up or just in my own personal um, thoughts, right? Sometimes be like, oh, woe is me, it's only happening to me. But here, when someone hears a conversation or be like, or hears a story that I've shared or that you've shared and be like, man, I really needed to hear that because I was going through something similar or I was uh, something mm -hmm. uh, was on my mind that uh, really correlated and connected to what y'all were discussing. It, uh, it's not only humbling, but it's also really beautiful to see how people can heal, grow and um, really develop um, their own sense of understanding from our conversations and it's something that I look forward to um, expanding upon further in our podcast journey. And I think that was really a wonderful way to fit because I feel that exact same way, especially when we bring our guests sometimes and they <laughs> yeah. say stuff that resonates or, you know, hits home. And I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, it was like you was, you was in my head almost with that thought. And it can be so affirming when we share our stories and then others share their stories. And like you said, we're like, not only was my world not small, but we learned to appreciate how big our world is. Because sometimes it can be daunting yeah. when you see how much is out there, how much there is to do. And you feel like, ah, oh, I'm the only one that's going through this. Or Absolutely. I'm the only one that's struggling with that. And then somebody that your homie just connected you with today is like, dang, man, <laughs> I'm really having trouble with xyz and you like what i'm having trouble with xyz right and now you bonded just over the realization that wow i was shrinking myself and look at look at how close uh relatability and empathy was you know it was literally a connection away right and and i know this is kind of leading into our next question but uh, i think back to our episodes specifically around anime or around like uh yeah. just uh, the specifically, we talked about Avatar, Steven Universe, uh, things that would be viewed as not adult, right? But then you have so many, so many champions, so many individuals who are experiencing the same thing. They love this show. They love the, the larger themes within a show. They love how they are seeing themselves in these characters. And we're talking about a quote-unquote cartoon that is for kids. And I'm putting air quotes because... A lot of our media is not just for the demographic that it's being uh, placed for, right? So seeing that it's larger, that we have this expanded community of people that enjoy our similar interests, it's like, wow, like, again, I am not alone in this space, let alone there are so many other people that want to add to it and that have similar thoughts or even thoughts that I haven't even considered around a topic um, that would be viewed typically as something that is sophomoric or not for adults um, to discuss. So, mm -hmm. Man, you just, so there, there's a specific moment. Um, well, there's a couple of specific moments. 
But on our anime episode, Donnie was talking about Full Metal Alchemist. Right. And I remember I made the point that I was like, sometimes I just wonder why, you know, that there's this emphasis on like blonde characters with blue eyes. Yeah. And Donnie was like, well, that actually fits for, for this one because it's set in Germany. Right. And I was like, now look at that. Because, you know, we, we love to analyze, right? We love to have these thoughts. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the thoughts can be a little more informed. Yeah. And that made me think about, you know, again, casually watching versus like really watching. So I was like, wow. And that's a real obvious concept throughout Full Metal Alchemist. And yet my brain missed that. And I was like, you know what? This is why it's so cool to talk to people. Because, you know, you get stuff debunked. You know, mm-hmm. you get to have a, like a nice little joke about it. And like you said, you get to have new thoughts incorporated into it. Because, you know, like with Kipo, for example, we talked about how there's so much incorporation of different cultures. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we forget that, like, those are cultures that have been studied, you know, with Twilight, for example, we saw, even though the, the Native tribe ended up having to sue them, mm-hmm. that not all inspirations come out of nowhere. You mm-hmm. know, typically there is a reference point. Sure. And by going back to that reference point, because now somebody put it on your radar, you can better add to your thinking and maybe better learn about this topic that, you know, you, you lightly got exposed to, but that really, really, like, captivated you. Right. Adds perspective to the perspective that you've already formed. So to the point of when we introduce ourselves, learning that the world is still being formed while we're still developing and given these new perspectives mm-hmm. to expand our view of the world is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think you put it perfectly. And to now lead into the next question, we're, we're already on this topic of discussing specific episodes, specific moments. So now I want to give you the opportunity to actually name those episodes. What is or what were some of your favorite episodes? And you just Talk about why for our, for our wonderful listeners that are probably wondering, what are the host's favorite episodes? Sure. I think hands down for me, uh, I do enjoy all of our episodes, especially when I can geek out a little bit, um, <laughs> you know, talking about animation, things that, I, that I've been growing up with, talking about uh, my career path, um, where I am now. I think there's uh, there, the spectrum of conversations we have on this podcast is really fascinating. Um, to me, but I would have to say my favorite episode was probably the Scholar Takeover episode um, because it, it gave a spotlight on individuals who have done a lot of work to get where they are, specifically college graduates. And then knowing these students' background, knowing where they are coming from, knowing their own personal journeys to even uh, get to walk across the stage, it really was uh, beautiful to see them express their, their journey here at the institution, as well as talk about how much our, our Black Male Initiative here at, at uh, UConn supported them in their uh, pursuit of excellence and their purpose. Um, and a little context to that episode was we were in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. right? So they weren't able to experience graduation as uh, it typically is uh, viewed and, and received. So almost immediately, they were grateful because they weren't able to have a graduation ceremony. They weren't able to share or, or let alone reflect um, publicly around how that journey impacted them as now young men getting ready to go into the world um, and how their mentorship, 
how uh, educational uh, supports um, and initiatives really supported them to develop into the men that they are becoming today. And for a lot of them, they got internships. They're going to graduate school. They're getting ready to finish up graduate school now, um, being it's been two years from that point. But it it really, when I'm able to give back to the community, when I'm able to see my younger brothers, um, who I see a lot of myself in, um, and to hear their journeys and to give them the space to really um, be true to themselves and uh, take that quote-unquote mask off um, and be vulnerable with other black men while also celebrating their brothers and their champions in their life, it really hit home. It was moving to me. So that will always be one of my favorite episodes. And it's always, and again, I've worked with these young men since they were freshmen. So, uh, and some of them I've, I've met in high school mm -hmm. during their senior year. So um, it really was moving and powerful to just see that, uh, that chapter be closed when it, I was a part of their chapters when it was opening. But how about yourself, Libra? Do you have one that really resonates with you? One episode that is the one that really resonates with me, and it's hard to choose because like a couple came to mind. But I think I'm gonna go with our facets of health episode number 24. Sure, and I'm gonna choose that one because I think it's so meaningful for young black adults, but of course, all black people to hear professionals come together and talk about the way health works all up and down our body and our energy, because sometimes we do think that it's isolated, that it's separate. And one of the main, you know, like thoughts or inputs or add-ons that we saw on the IG in relation to that episode was, wow, you know, you being able to name burnout for me meant so much, or y'all being able to talk about the fact that, you know, the physical pain informs the emotional pain which then might make you a little tricky you know socially because now you living with pain right so you're a little more irritated which then affects your ability to self-care and all this stuff it was just so lovely mm. because when, when we hit that um that 22-ish 23-ish age group yeah. folks be a little hesitant to help you because they think you grown you got it <laughs> but no i joke with my peers all the time i'm like y'all we is like old teens low key yeah and shout out to professor heidel you know she told me when i was like 18 i think she was like you young until you can look back 15 years ago and have been grown so i was like dang i guess i'm young till 40 huh <laughs> no and it, it really changed it really changed my worldview because and this may likely be due to ageism we think when you get to a certain age you done asking questions like you should just have it and it's like, no, and like, it's okay that you don't have it. Cause when we talk about not having it, we can grow together. Right. And like the ultimate add on that Dr. Young gave me to round out that thought is that we have to stop associating youth with learning too, um, associating certain ages with learning. Right. Because once you hit that wonderful age 40 and now you are grown for real, you still need support. You still need to be vulnerable. You still got to talk about your feelings and all this stuff. Right. And that continuous practice at any age prepares you to be where you need to be, sure. to be around the people you need to be around, and ultimately have the experiences that you seek to have rather than 
them only living in your imagination. And now you you looking at the wall like, when is this going to happen? Sometimes the uh, happening moment begins with you starting today. A little clumsily, a little awkwardly, but when tomorrow comes, it'll be less clumsy. It'll be less awkward. And uh, I think the next one I'm going to shout out, and I'm going to just try to keep it to two, is our accountability episode. Because we're all in a constant state of learning how to be accountable, what accountability means, best ways to care for each other. And those are both internal and external journeys. And for the, the internal piece, when you're dealing with maybe shame or guilt, is sitting in the reality that when you hurt a loved one, it's okay to be ashamed. That, that's sort of why the emotion exists. Sure. But because shame often gets a bad rep, we don't talk about it. Because it's like, oh, if you ashamed, then you the problem. And it's like, okay, but here's the catch. You can have done something wrong. You can feel bad about it. But you also still have to learn how to healthily navigate yourself. So, you know, if you walk around with it on your neck like a curse mark from Naruto, right. what's going to happen? You're going to keep turning into that worst version of yourself because you haven't made time to contend with it because we inevitably all will do harm. That's what it means to be lifelong learners. That means Correct. you learn it where your growth areas were. But once you learn, once you apply notes, now you can start acing tests that uh, were sending you back to the dorm in tears. I mean, in tears the first time. Sure. And, Honestly, it, it relieves and takes a burden off of you because it could be extremely limiting limiting when you are in that scope that you've done all the learning that you can do. Um, there's Change is inevitable. Growth is inevitable. However, if you have the mindset that you don't have to change or you don't have to grow, you're missing out on opportunities uh, not only for you to be better, but also to receive the, what the world is trying to give you, right? whether that is in your career, in your love life, or in your personal life. So I... Mm -hmm. Oh, can you back the mic up just a tad bit? It's like a little bit. It's like I'm making a sound. Or maybe that's just on my end. Sure. But, okay, um, but yeah, continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. It's totally fine. Um, but I think uh, ultimately, I think this uh, conversation around accountability, that was uh, one of my tops too, a great contender. Um, because I think, again, when we are in this space of being, you know, young adults, um, it can <laughs> sometimes be hard to hold yourself accountable, Ooh. let alone hold your peers accountable because you don't you think about the social ramifications. You, you're thinking about, well, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I don't want to uh, I'm not anyone else's parent, so on and so forth. However, without speaking up, without knowing how can anyone actually grow or improve themselves so it's all about how we approach people with accountability and i love how we discussed in that episode that tone is a, a major part of that again that doesn't mean that i have to chastise you or get on you and make you feel terrible you already like you mentioned that guilt that fear that that those are undertones of feelings that you already are feeling so me amplifying that would do more harm than good so thinking about how we can be more mindful in holding people accountable while also making sure that we still follow through on it, 
um, mm-hmm. and the skills necessary. And and I believe we gave some tips and practices on how to actually uh, make that transition a little bit better. I think when we embody that a little bit more, we're able to have um, a little bit more peace um, when we are mm-hmm. holding people accountable um, and really immersing in that accountability, whether it's for ourselves yeah. or for someone else. And there's always the ultimate catch of mm-hmm. also sitting in when others make us aware yeah. of <laughs> of the accountability we have to lean into. Right. That tone can hurt. Um, the way it's presented can be choppy and tricky, mm-hmm. but we also have to try to look past our feelings to at least sit with what's been said. And the ironic thing about accountability is that it goes hand in hand with vulnerability. Sure. Cause sometimes when we are trying to engage in processes of accountability, we catch people in moments where they're emotionally drained, mm-hmm. where they're kind of spent. And sometimes that's where the dismissiveness or other stuff can stem from. But once again, that's a twofold thing because if the exhausted party won't admit that they're exhausted, you know, they won't talk about these silent battles that they've been having, then it can be kind of hard for those that try to speak with them to know, oh, that's why you acted that way. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately why trying to be authentic and even saying this is important to you and it's important to me, but can we rain check this is meaningful too. Cause we have to be prepared for hard conversations. Sure. You know, like we always joke about with life being an open note test, you can't take a, a hard exam off of no sleep after just taking another hard exam. You know, you ain't got no food in your stomach. Or you really can. have to approach life in that same fashion. Well, I mean, you can, right. but are you going to do as well as you could? Absolutely not. And, and, for, right. and for those that like to pretend that. <laughs> For those that like to pretend that they do best under pressure, do you do best under pressure or do you do as good as you can under pressure? Because let's realize pressure doesn't have to exist. Like you may not be able to tell your professor, hold on on that test, but you can tell your homie like, yo, can I get like a a recharge hour or two before we we try this? Because my brain is my brain is melted right now. (laughs) Uh, and I'm glad you talked about <laughs> our, being authentic and being our authentic selves. And I think that's a perfect way to transition into our next segment where we are talking about or having an introduction into who we are, right, as hosts. So our listeners have heard our thoughts. They have heard from um, our people as well around what it is um, and who we are and what we do here at the pod. Um, but they still don't really know us, quote unquote, right? So what are some of the neat details about yourself you think our listeners should um, be aware of? Mm -hmm. Some neat details, huh? Um, I'm a person before a professional. I joke with my friends all the time that no matter how many things I get, be it degrees, certifications, you name it, I don't really care to be that person. Because I always care about people understanding me and being able to engage with them. Right. And it's funny because when I do papers or publications or anything, they're always like, this needs to sound more academic. It needs to sound more like science. I'm like, well, why does science have to sound like an exclusive club? Correct. Like when I talk about how I work in like a racial trauma lab 
or even when we talk about how everything is related to some of our self-talk, those two things are pretty straightforward the way I just said them. But if I want to be sciencey, I'm like, we do statistical analyses with mixed methods, with a control group and all this other stuff. Then we start to lose people because they can't always follow along. Then we make it harder to engage with each other. So I'm always about engagement. And I think social engagement is the most important piece. And sometimes we shrink social engagement too, to mean just, you know, like being out and about and being mixy, which I I like me a lot of that too, but (laughs) (laughs) also learning the proper, yeah, you know, like also learning the proper ways to be a social being on multiple levels of our interaction, you know, using our social medias to better learn about our peoples and connect with them. I joke with my homies all the time, like it's people at Morehouse or Spelman and Clark that I knew casually for years, but I didn't really get to know until we found each other on socials. And while we're tweeting our miscellaneous thoughts, they're like, oh, wow, you, you like this or you do that? And being open to that <laughs> rather than saying, I'm 25, I don't need new friends, I don't got to do this, I don't got to do that. Sure. I always try to approach life with a, a why not perspective because I don't need to get something out of everything I do as long as I enjoyed it. Because certain things are meant to be fleeting anyway. You know, not everything is forever, but temporary things have a place in the world. And sometimes things are temporary because they're going to come back around, like I just said, with those interactive friendships. Yeah, we didn't talk in class. We didn't talk on campus. But if we talk and we engage now and we have fun, then it doesn't matter that before we were sort of casual. Because right. now that's the homie because we both like Steven Universe. Uh, <laughs> we both like Attack of a Titan. We both happen to be up for work at the same time. And they're like, dang, I hate waking up this early. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and um, for me, it's uh, not so much things that you don't know. I think one thing, if you don't know, and um, I'm assuming that you have been listening, I'm very transparent. I, li- I wear everything on my sleeve sometimes for the benefit and the detriment of, of Paul's f- physical and emotional well-being. But um, honestly, I think it's best suited to me because I feel like there's no need for me to lie or hide. Um, I've been embracing this space of being true to Paul, right? Uh, one of my close friends, she always reminds me that Paul is going to Paul, right? Paul be Pauling. And what that, that essentially <laughs> means that, like, you're going to be you're the best version of you. You're always going to show people your light. You're always going to um, be genuine in who you are, whether, how, uh, whether or not people receive it or not is totally on them. However, when you do, Paul, it's okay for you to really experience and and show the world what you are and who you are so that's something that I try to embody all the time um whether I'm going to the grocery store I tell people I appreciate them whether you are pumping you pumping my gas for the times I'm in Jersey or you're just handing me um food at the restaurant or you really came through and saved my life like whether I was drifting away in the ocean uh, or um, trying to uh, swim in the swimming pool and somebody had to pull me up. Like, my level of appreciation for people, um, no matter the level or the, no matter, I guess, the uh, 
task or the favor, whatever they may do for me, I, I always show appreciation because I truly do, am thankful for people being willing to pour into my life in whatever capacity that looks like. And honestly, because when people uh, wake up every day, they have no obligation to do that, right? So when a Libra is hitting me up, yo, how your day is? How your day is going, right? It's not so much of just like trying to do like, all right, here's this basic uh, introduction to say, oh, well, I'm asking how your day is, but I need X, Y, Z from you. No, there are genuine people out there who are saying how you're doing, who want to pour into you, who want to support you, who want to see you win. And then I love receiving that and then putting that back in the world, no matter um, how people receive it or if they take it or not. So that's something that I, I've really been embodying um, and really makes me who I am. I, again, like you've mentioned, Libra, the publications, the degrees, that's never going to change Paul from being the same kid from um, Rubicam Avenue, right? It's not going to change Paul when he gets a PhD, when he receives his PhD, excuse me, at the end of the mm -hmm. year. That's not going to change who I am. And I think that's something that I really am um, proud of because being your authentic self, um, whether you believe it or not, it's hard, especially when we are so quick um, and equipped. We're quick to uh, adapt ourselves for others, but we have the equipment and the, the access to resources to really put on a facade. You mentioned IG, social media. Uh, there's a lot of things that go on IG that we clearly know that it's not real. These are not people's real lives. However, they're putting a facade on so everyone else can think things are going swell or I'm having fun mm -hmm. on my vacay or da, da 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 I'm doing my TikTok dance and all that to stay with the Joneses, but I'm really suffering inside. So I, I think it's hard for us to be true to ourselves. So when you have the opportunity, or specifically when I have the opportunity, I don't hold anything back. Um, obviously, I'm mindful of how people receive it. I would hope people would not uh, feel like it's overwhelming or it's too much. But if they do, I know how to tone it back and also meet them where they are um, and give yeah. them doses more so than being like, here I am, take it all, <laughs> all you can eat buffet. Um, but uh, I really do appreciate that about myself and something that I continue to enhance and, and grow upon. Because um, it's okay to just be Paul. It's okay. Paul Pauling is more than enough mm -hmm. for the world. Yeah, yeah. I want to add on to what you just said, too, about our age group and learning to be ourselves. Because, yeah. um, you know, Erickson talks a lot. And, you know, for our viewers, Erickson is a, a researcher, psychologist, you know, long since past <laughs> that talks about, like, evolution and development. And more specifically, like the certain stages we experience around or at these age groups. And when you're in, let's say, like 25 to 30, and of course, the actual increments are different, but feel free to look them up. You know, I'm always for learning. Is that for our age group, we're really learning how to step into adulthood and what being an adult means to us. And it's not always easy to sit with the reality that we have to change, we have to tweak that definition, because there's this feeling that fulfills in us that if you change the plan or you deviate from the plan, that we somehow stop being true to ourselves and who we are. But in order to be our best selves, 
we have to realize that sometimes we got to be our new selves and who we were previously could set us up, could prepare us to get to those stages. But ultimately, we have to be willing to part from our old selves to then walk into who we're meant to be. Sort of like the uh, the metamorphosis or the cocoon stage mm. of a caterpillar into a butterfly. Because right. when we think about it, we do that kind of casually when we graduate, when we leave, when we switch things, because again, change is healthy. Right. But sometimes we're afraid to name that because when the change is too glaring, we're like, oh, nah, I can't do that. You know, when your favorite restaurant changes the menu item, you don't want to name it because that's whatever. <laughs> but now, you know, you find out you got to change, um, you got to change your job. And it's like, ooh, I really got to put time into this. And it's like, well, here's the thing. We should try to put time into all change, all transitions, because that's how we learn how to prepare for them and practice for them. Well said, brother. <laughs> to now lead us into the next question. So we're, we talk about ourselves. We talk about what we do or some things we'd like to do. And now I want to ask, what were some of your ultimate goals and visions when you thought, I want to be a part of a podcast? Because I think now that we've sort of introduced ourselves a little more, we should talk about how we got into this specific brand of work that many of our, our listeners have said feels like a loose therapy. Right, right. I think for me was uh, the the mindset of really – being able to build and have conversations that I've already had just in more of a public forum when we're talking with our boys at our house or we're at the barbershop or we're hanging out with friends. We are having these types of discussions, whether they're informal or um, not. Um, these conversations have been happening. How, however, they're not getting out outside of that intermediate circle. So again, where you have four or five of your friends, you're having this conversation depending on the friend, they may not speak of that conversation outside of that circle, right? Which could be limiting because, mm -hmm. again, we don't know who may need to hear a certain message from someone else. So when I thought about podcasting, I'm like having these convos that I'm already having, but giving voice to, quote unquote, the voiceless, right? I know, I imagine there are a lot of people that wish they felt comfortable enough to talk about whether they're in learning support from my own um, sake like was in learning support had academic struggles had mental and emotional struggles um, and now here I am growing from it learning from it um, being to being able to adapt to a new environment being able to meet new friends you know these large themes I'm dealing with racism dealing with identity there's these large themes and conversations um, and topics that a lot of people want to talk about but don't feel that there's a space, let alone um, that they feel comfortable having these conversations with certain people because of judgment or societal norms. So I, I immediately thought about, and I remember and recall our conversation of like wanting to start a podcast for this, that simple reason, to give a space to the spaceless or a voice to the voiceless. Um, and I wasn't so much concerned about whether a million people listen um, I just was more concerned about that one person. And if we had that one listener who was listening every week consistently, at least I know that there is some positivity, there's some, there's some strength um, and 
and really something, um, I guess, that resonates from our message with a potential listener. Um, and that, to me, is the success that I was looking for. And we've been able to achieve that um, tenfold, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's really why I wanted to be a part of a podcast. I, I, don't, I didn't need any support in really, like, being, quote, unquote, out there or visible, right? <laughs> I am an extrovert, introverted type of person. So like being in these spaces, and I know it's a question um, down the line, but sometimes can make me nervous, can sometimes uh, make me uneasy or anxious. But uh, although sometimes people see me in the spotlight and they would never believe it, but being able to one, talk about, be vulnerable and talk about some of those issues that I may have around public speaking uh, or around just uh, being um, willing to share my story with more, more than just my inner circle, I think uh, gave me the confidence and the courage to be like, you know what? Think about the outcomes and the results more so than um, how this may uh, make you feel or how this may um, be perceived by others. Because again, if you are looking to share your story and looking to support others who may have be in similar positions, then that's the end all be all. Your, your podcast will be successful regardless if it's choppy, regardless if it's um, on YouTube or on iTunes. The fact that you're able to uh, create a space, again, back to that point, create a space where uh, people can receive a message, feel comfortable and feel heard um, was way more important to me um, and really pushed me towards wanting to join and create um, a podcast environment uh, to give folks that space. When I think of my my ultimate goal and vision, both of them are heavily centered around sharing the importance of discussing mental health and also realizing that mental health is not a standalone topic. Mm -mm. Through incorporating the various other topics we brought up and showing the connections, it's been really good for me personally And for our listeners, per y'all's own words that we appreciate y'all for, to help show that so many things of life we think are separate from each other are connected and related. There's been times I've gone back and played certain episodes just because I'm like, wow, you know, I remember this person said this on an episode and it stuck out to me. Let me go back and hear the words fully again, and then further think about what they mean to me. And a core part of that is because doing this specific type of work, because we always have to prep, we always have to research the topics, we always have to troubleshoot, Mm -hmm. helps me further feel comfortable with the fact that we are learning and growing in development and we're developing because I'm reviewing something I'm a part of. So I'm, a little more authentically looking at myself under the microscope because I'm hearing my thoughts straight from me on air. (laughs) And sometimes I'll be like, dang, you know, me from March 23rd, I don't agree with that thought. And it helps me see my own personhood because it's like, yeah, you know, as you grow and develop, you might disagree with a thought that you had or a thought that you said. So now I can be less harsh on myself when somebody else says that thought was iffy. Cause I'm like, 
I'll be tripping sometimes when I'm trying to learn and, you know, get a better understanding of something. Thank you for, you know, caring enough and being vulnerable enough to let me know that. So now let's tweak that together. Let's grow together. And especially because we get to have so much fun, you know, we be joking, we be playing. It really helps make vulnerability seem far less scary because we've gotten pretty, like, intimate and open (laughs) on the mic where sometimes thoughts spill out of me that it's like, I was struggling to put that together when I was, like, journaling and writing stuff down. And it just sort of oozed out of me with the proper prompting. It's just nice because now I'm learning. Sometimes the uh, the cool pose, the appearance we maintain is quite literally the problem. Mm-hmm. And priming yourself to say, I have to go into this space and be myself can then really help me and maybe you and maybe all of us see who our real self is mm-hmm. and feel less afraid by who our real self is. Because like, for example, when we joke about our future episode topics, I'll be thinking to myself, ooh, I might have to tough this uh, this topic back a little bit because <laughs> I really got to sit with it. Like for the right. breakup episode we want to do, I've been in my head for a cool minute. Like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, I'm going to have to, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to prep myself for that one just because, like we said, when certain memories, certain experiences come up, yeah. it's easy to want to retreat and be like, eh, I'm, I'm going to give a little mac and cheese throwaway answer. Right. But who misses out? Who loses when we shrink ourselves? We do. And ultimately, our community does. Because if you ask me a question and I give you one answer, and then two years later, I'm like, hey, you remember that one conversation we had? Yeah, I lied. And first of all, now you hurt. (laughs) You're like, you lied to me? But then you're like, wait a minute. I don't remember that. (laughs) (laughs) So, so true. Did you want to add any uh, more thoughts around? Uh, what pushed you to do this podcast? And I, I'll just add one quick note. I think an additional thing that really motivated me was able was me being able to work with someone who is not only like minded, but who also uh, is a black male. And I, I put it simply, like to know that someone is in the same space and uh, has similar thoughts around mental health, the importance of it. Um, the importance of emotional health and taking your, your tools and improving and adding to our toolkits around how we can support ourselves and others um, was something that was rare to be seen, you know, um, especially in our field. There are not a lot of black males in mental health and counseling um, compared to other fields. So when you see someone like a Libra Lester III who is saying similar things or has similar thoughts around um which, how you feel, and then even adding to your own content um, knowledge and making you think a little bit deeper, it was like, why wouldn't I want to be a part of something like that? Especially when, again, the root of it is growth. The root of it is development. So I think that's something that pushed me to really be gung-ho and put all my eggs in the basket around you know, pursuing the podcast, no matter what fears or uneasiness I may have had around being in the quote-unquote public's eye. Mm-hmm. Man, you just reminded me of another area of culture shock that I still struggle to manage, but coming out of, you know, my alma mater, Morehouse College, and I always joke 
and say my alma maters and, you know, Spelman and Clark. Being in spaces where you're around all these Black folks discussing mental health and the way it affects us and some ways we can improve it, and then leaving that and not having nobody that looks like you discussing it because not many of us are in the spaces because maybe we weren't invited or maybe because we don't know about them or maybe because we left them (laughs) is so hard to the point where sometimes I was like, I don't even know if I want to go to this conversation because sometimes uh, folks that don't look like us can be a little invalidating when we talk about the way that race can affect mental health Mm -hmm. and then maybe race and gender or race, gender, and orientation. And sometimes you get some like, you know, some dismissive responses or you'll look back, you know, you'll be reading a textbook and you'll, you'll be talking about a psychologist who mm. was a eugenicist. And you're like, ooh, uh, y'all, y'all couldn't find somebody more current to, like, reference <laughs> here? Because I feel a way that we're learning about somebody that if they saw me learning about this, they have a fit. Like, how Absolutely. can y'all just, you know, how can they just be cool with that? And, you know, you try to engage with professors on that topic. And now they, they miss the mark, too. So now you like, are you equipped to be teaching me this topic? Or like, can I see you as a resource? If when I go to you, I know this is how you responded in class. This is how you move. Well said, well said. Since um we're talking about questioning folks and um really having them think, sit back and Uh, think about the ways that they can grow and improve, I think this is a perfect transition into our final segment of the day where we can talk about our critiques and growth areas for this podcast. So um, a production on any level is only as good as the self-awareness of the creators, which are Liebert and Paul. So, So what are some of the ways, Liebert, that you have tried to improve the content of this podcast? Mm-hmm. Ooh, it seems like we're always in a phase of improving something, honestly. So the, the first thing that comes to my mind is when I revamped all the flyers and made a custom one for consistency. Because I started to realize that brand identity is really important. And one of my good homies, Jordan Nash, mm-hmm. actually works in like design and marketing. And that was something we talked about when we got together. Cause she was like, the content looks nice and it's informative, but when I see it, I need to think of y'all. Right. And that really helps remind me that wow, this is a, a fun and a creative process that if we really want to keep having and growing our impact, we have to think about ways to make people think of us when they see our content sure. rather than just think of information. So if they just think of information without relating it to us, they may forget. They're like, hey, they were the source. Maybe they're contributing other good stuff. Because right. like our viewers have seen with our thought-based content, we have stellar thoughts. You know, we have amazing ways to remix and look at some of the data, some of the research we've referenced. But it can be a little hurtful, too, when you're like, dang, I put in all that work into whatever, 
And now I got to take all those down to like revamp them. But then you realize that life is long and we can use that to our advantage rather than be upset about it. Because I'm going I'm to ask you a question off the books, Paul. Uh-huh. Would you rather be the type of person that sat annoyed by something for years and then finally changed it 10 years later? Or would you rather just change it now so that 10 years later, Paul can be like, I'm so glad we did that at 30. <laughs> the latter. <laughs> Definitely. I want to change it now. <laughs> like, there's no, don't waste time. Time is probably the biggest commodity or currency that we have outside of the dollar bills and the coins that we have. Like, you can't get that mm-hmm. back. There's no multiplying time. So um, when you want to learn these lessons, you want to try to do it immediately more so than wait. That doesn't mean the impact of that lesson or that growth um, is lessened because it happened 10 years down the line. But if I would have done it earlier, maybe the outcomes and now where I am 10 years later looks completely different because I was able to really uh, immerse in it now and make those active changes uh, when they arose rather than let them linger mm-hmm. and expand. Yep. Yep. Accepting that the plan is a guide or a template yeah. and not something you got to be shackled to. Absolutely. It's hard. It can be intimidated, mm-hmm. but you know what? It's worth it. And right. like we've discussed up and down episodes, our best decisions sometimes come from us saying, you know what? This ain't, this ain't it. Mm-hmm. This ain't working. This not the idea. It was cool. It was cute. It's not the one. Right. <laughs> and now, you know, to kick it to you, what are some, some ways you tried to just like improve or maybe some things you've seen that maybe you wanted to tweak? No, for sure. I think um, I start with being um, able to continue to bring in a variety of different guests, right? We have a laundry list of champions in our lives and uh, stakeholders who have impacted and influenced our own development. And bringing them to the podcast is something that I love um, about this space, but something that we can expand on is making sure that we, we tap their networks as well because they are networks and um, stakeholders who could come in on our podcast and share messages to those who we may not have been able to reach, right? We may, although we are very open and we're expanding and we're able to understand and relate to a lot of different uh, perspectives and views. There's still a segment of a population that we cannot reach, not because we're not uh, capable or not because we're not intelligent enough to really uh, have the emotional and, and intellect um, and you know academic knowledge around it. However, we may not be neuroscientists. So although we're smart, we can't explain neuroscience to our viewers. So being mm-hmm. able to tap uh, other stakeholders that are outside of our field um, to come in and educate us while also educating um, and supporting our listeners is something that we always can improve on. And mm-hmm. I think um, an addition, additional part about that is making sure that uh, the content that we're putting out there, um, to your, your homie's point, um, matches. And when you hear it, you know it's us. So I love how we clip out certain parts of the episode and attach it to our IG post. Or we have B-rolls that we've saved up on just having informal conversation, laughter, joy, pain, sadness, and being able to share that in chunks versus in an elongated hour or hour plus long episode so people can truly um, get a sense or a taste, per se, 
of what we do here. Um, and I think it's something that we we are always open to changing and improving, which I'm glad because it we could easily become stagnant. We're just, well, this is the formula. It works. It works. Have a collab mm-hmm. episode. Talk about mental health. We'll be straight. No, there's ways to improve. How to how can we expand? How can we continue to make sure that people feel supported and feel like this is the pod for them? Um, is, is something that I feel like we do a great job of uh, keeping in mind as we do improve and work towards um, new content as well as improving the pod mm-hmm. as, whole, as, as a whole. Yeah. On your point about, you know, being a neuroscientist and knowing your, your areas, something my homie Nadia jokes about all the time that, I mean, cracks me up. Yeah. is this idea of realizing it's okay to be silent until you need to speak. Right. You know, sometimes we see a cool conversation going on. We like, y'all want to jump into that. I want to participate. But we haven't, if we haven't been prepared, it's okay to just be a bystander or a spectator. So sometimes you accidentally fill space, you know, fumbling over yourself just because you're trying to sound smart. Sure. Rather than realizing that the prerequisite to being smart is listening right. and listening a lot and then leaving the conversation and saying, okay, these are my thoughts now that I've sat with them and then continually adding every conversation you have on the topic rather than being like, oh, uh, we had it once, I got it. And then to save face because you didn't get it. You don't want to have it no more. Right. It's like, no, nah, like it's, it's okay to be in the room if you don't know what's going on because we need people to remind us that, hey, if we only talking around people that get the topic, what are we contributing to the field? And to, <laughs> to branch that into, you know, content more specifically, something we always joke about is this idea of when content is, either just good enough or good enough to put out versus not. You know, even now with this, as we're trying to record our first, you know, uh, video, video content, video uh, podcast episode, I was thinking to myself, mm, we got the loaded circle at that point. Mm, we saw the audio jump. What if it picks something up? So it's like, how do we decide when it's okay to put something out as a testament to how we're doing versus how, how we sometimes focus on this idea of perfection. Because sometimes when I go back and work on audio for those initial pandemic episodes, we were trying to use the Zoom apparatus because, <laughs> boy, that shit was tough. Sure. I'd be in my head like, dang, we lost good audio there. Yeah. Then I think about it, and it's like, dang, we got 50 minutes of good audio, and I'm stuck on <laughs> the 16 <laughs> second that that yeah. the mic went out. Right, <laughs> right. I'll I'll be reminded that, man, being nitpicky is not to my advantage. Because now we're focusing on this one spot, this one dark cloud. It's like, look at all this sun out here. And you looking up, standing up under the one cloud? Come on, man. Right. <laughs> um, did you have any thoughts on that question before we go into the next one? No, no more thoughts. We can go right into the final question. Okay, so our final question for today, before we go into our closing segment, is in what ways can it be daunting to share a creation with the world? How do you overcome maybe the 
nervousness or the anxiety that comes with doing stuff for the first time and recognizing maybe it's not going to be a, you know, a super stellar production yet, but it's on its way there. I think, wonderful question. I think it's, uh, for me at least, I just remind myself of why I'm doing this um, and also looking at this opportunity as a, a space for me to not just grow because I'm hearing new things, but to practice the to the skills that I will need in the profession that I'll have, like public speaking. We're going to have to give presentations. We're going to have to go to boards and say, "This is these are the issues for, with our students, or these are the issues within our community," um, and being able to advocate and articulate the message properly um, and succinctly, so us, not only our students or the, our community members who are trying to stand up for can get the proper resources um, that they may need, but that it also gives us the space to make sure that those who are receiving our message are taking us seriously and understand the importance of what we're doing. So I think uh, the ongoing practice that comes with being on a pod weekly of just public speaking, as well as not worrying so much about who hears your message, so long as that person that needs to hear it hears it, um, helps me deal with that nervousness. I know there have been, like that breakup episode you mentioned, uh, the episode around uh, academic and personal success, mentorship, These some of those uh, conversations were anxious for me because I'm with my mentor having this conversation, or I've had a <laughs> negative experience um, that I'm still working through or healing from that uh, I may not feel comfortable sharing. However, I, if I can't share in this space that is supposed to be a comfort and a safe space, then when am I ever going to be comfortable to say it? And that doesn't mean that I can't go through the work and find that proper time. But I think this is a, a space where it's practice, right? When you play video games, you have the practice round um, or you have that uh, place where you can just practice all the moves, do everything you need to do before you actually play the main storyline. And I think uh, mm -hmm. the podcast is our practice grounds because, again, we're going to do the work that we're talking about here on the pod. The pod is a part of the work that we do in our lives, but it also is that space where we can train, where we can hone our skills and sharpen our abilities in order to properly be those stakeholders and champions that we will become later down the line. So, mm -hmm. um that's how I typically deal with the nervousness. And again, being in a comfortable space with a friend, with my brother um, and, or my brothers and my sisters when we have our collabs with our actual friend circle or uh, people mm -hmm. we truly care for, it, it reminds you that, yo, this is, these are my people. So they're not going to judge me. They're not going to look at me like, dang, Paul, you really think that you said that? And even if they do, they'll, they'll say it, and then you can work through it with that individual, um, especially when you're getting some perspectives that maybe you never considered. So that's typically mm -hmm. how Paul deals with his nervousness when it comes to the pod. How about you, Lieber? Yeah. I sit in this space of realizing that people don't need my perfection. No. They actually need my mistakes. Within reason, right? <laughs> they need my mistakes within reason. Because when we see our people's achieving and working and accomplishing, it can be kind of daunting when we're not also giving the space to let them know, here was the hiccup. Yeah. Here was yeah. the gap. 
because then it stops all of us from realizing that there are going to be moments when stuff has a learning curve, when stuff yeah. is tricky, and that you still should keep doing it. Because if we only stick to the stuff that we're good at, then we're not really growing and rounding ourselves out. Not at all. And to add to the, the video game analogy that you did, so many games don't track the failures, the the health bar going to zero moments. Right. And they don't do that because they realize there's no need to do that. Did right. you get the mission done? Right. You know, for games with the little story log with the percentage, did you hit 100%? Right. It doesn't matter how many times it took you to do the mission. You know, Correct. for like Spider-Man and PS4, it don't matter that you never caught Black Cat. Um, it don't matter that Shocker blew up the bank or knocked the wall out of the mission because when you reloaded it up, you got it done. Right. <laughs> and we got all these awards. We got all these skill points for you to let you know no matter how long it took, we're still happy that you took the time to do it. And I'm realizing now in my, you know, in my growth through this pandemic that we're still in, that I have to continue to tell myself that being perfection adjacent isn't just who I am. Because like we've discussed with a lot of black folks, we're not always given the space to not be perfect, to not seem like the best, because society gives us very limited opportunities. And a lot of the self-care and a lot of the healing for me was recognizing that if I have to pretend I don't make mistakes to be somewhere, I don't need to be there. Yeah, I'm going to just be anxious. I'm going to not be my full creative self. Right. I'm probably not going to like it. And I'm not going to want to connect with nobody in there because I don't want to be around anybody I got to stay face with. Right. If you don't want me here because I'm Liebert Lester the third, cool. Right. I'll go be Liebert Lester the third somewhere, somewhere else. else. I'm the commodity. And we have to all recognize that commodities come in different packages. So if the packaging that you came in doesn't fit the, the little address, that's cool. Right. What's this return you to sender and send you somewhere else? You know, like we joke about, that's why we leave friendships or jobs or that's why we return games. Yes. Because we like, I tried it. Eh, take this back. It's okay to give opportunities back. It's okay to give moments back. To be like, I'll find something that's a stretch for me, but that's a little more doable. Right, right. For sure. And just my final point on your adding to the video game analogy specifically with Spider-Man PS4, both Miles Morales and the uh, original game. Well, no, no, think... They made Miles way too short. I just, <laughs> I, I, every time somebody speak Miles up, I'm like, they did our homie wrong, but yes. my bad. <laughs> no, no, no. Definitely a game that needs to be expanded. So I hope Spider-Man 2 comes sooner rather than later. Um, but I think the beautiful part about the analogy and the add-on that you made was the, um, the part around when you do fall victim and we die a lot or quote unquote die, we fail more so than die. Let's use that. Mm -hmm. We fail a lot. But what I love about that game is in between those failures, you're getting tips, strategies, and how to make sure that if you are going to keep failing, here's how you overcome it. And I think our podcast, I think the guests that come on our pod and our conversations give those tips for individuals, not only ourselves, but those who listen on how to navigate it when you may fall again, because it's, it will happen. 
um, as Donnie McClurkin, the, the old song, We Fall Down, but what? We get back up, right? <laughs> so I think the beautiful part about um, podcasting, specifically Thoughts from a Counselor, and being around a space that is a, uh, supporting your holistic development is that it's about that development. It's about finding the, the tools and the tips and the strategies on how to be better um, for yourself and how that looks for you um, varies depending on the individual more so than being wrapped up in, like you mentioned, the perfectionism of being perfect and never failing because there's not one person on this, on this world that has never failed or let alone had no support in accomplishing what they needed to accomplish to be whatever uh, or to pursue or have the success um, no matter what that looks like for them. So I think this was a, a wonderful conversation and, and wonderful mm-hmm. thoughts around this, this podcast and how it supports and helps people grow and develop. Mm-hmm. Man, listen, just that, that point of Donnie McClurkin and, you know, like we fall down, focusing on the we. Yes. Because so often we think I fall down, oh, I fail, no. I this, I that. You know, shout out to our wonderful network, everybody we feature. Because they always remind us that, like, y'all, Liebert and Paul are doing good things. You know, they'll they'll tell us experiences, memories they have of us. Right. We're like, wow, <laughs> I inspired you in that way. Because at that moment in time, I thought I was messing everything up. It just helps round out the, the, the lived experience so that we can truly feel like ourselves and then see who we are from the outside. You know, we have mirrors, for example, to see what everybody else be seeing. But to my knowledge, at least, we don't have a way of reading nobody's mind except asking. And sometimes we can be afraid to ask people, what do you think about what I'm doing? What do you think about my thoughts? What do you think about how I move? So the fact that our guests are like, we want to be a part of what you do because you're doing good work. It's like, me? Uh, us? Uh, now y'all to you know hit me in the love muscle now I'm feeling all good because <laughs> we facts. get those reminders that people are watching and are so proud of us mm-hmm. and as adults we need that too you know I, I wish my professor would come to class and be like here goes your gold star for the day here goes you know some, <laughs> some candy or something you did something well like what's up I like affirmation what's right. going on right <laughs> but um I think that was my last one on this topic. If you did want to transition into the closing. All righty. So now we've reached the point uh, where we're closing out and we highlight individuals who are doing good work or who just are doing great things um, or having something to celebrate. And this is our lead by example segment. So uh, for me this week, I want to highlight uh, Paris Pruitt, uh, host, author, Oh, well, first, she's a host of We're Healing Now podcast, co-host with her lovely wife, Jasmine. Um, Also a wonderful author of various books. Um, But I wanted to highlight her for, you know, accepting a new role in Baltimore um, at Mm -hmm. a local school to be their counselor, as well as do other projects for the, the district as well. So I just wanted to make sure that she got highlighted because her journey is powerful. She's a... uh, been through a lot, she's overcome a lot, and she has trans- transformed not only her own life, but so many other lives around her. 
So she deserves this clap. This is for you, Paris. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for all you do for me and the world around us. <laughs> How about you, Libra? Do you have anyone you want to highlight? Yeah, I want to shout out all of the students in the class of 2025 getting ready to start their freshman year. Nice. You know, I want to specifically shout out the AUC class, you know, more, uh, Morehouse, Feldman, Clark, Morris Brown, but also everybody across the globe. Right. Uh, we getting old, Paul. You yes. know, it's been some time since our <laughs> since our first year. I was just joking with some of my other homies, like, "Yo, it's been seven years." Time. And you know, Instagram and Snapchat can't even give you little memories for those. <laughs> no. Those memories is older than the memories past. <laughs> facts, facts. That was before the updates, man. That's when uh, MySpace was. Well, for me at least, MySpace was dying out. Facebook stories weren't even a thing. IG, you just posting pictures and get a few likes. Like, no, in a whole new time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, we are still in the pandemic. It's still very much so new. We're seeing a lot of tricky conversations about how to best navigate it. Yeah. So as always, everybody, try to wear your mask. Try to make the best decisions you can make. Yes. Because I know it's, it's very hard. You know, COVID just became a junior. Junior year is often the worst year. Yep. So I'm just trying to do everything I can to prepare my mental health, my social health, and same to y'all. Just try to do what you can, in addition to taking care of each other, to make the most of wherever you are. Correct. Right on, right on. Do you mind giving us our listener question of the day? Uh, is there a question yeah. that you want to pose to our listeners before we close it out for the day? Yep. So on our wonderful Instagram, which is at Thoughts from Counselors, we post all types of content from our Thursday Thoughts to our host spotlight to our episode quotes, just a bunch of things to help you all interact with us. Today's closing question of the day is how do you make room for improvement? And as always, I'm going to just say that one more time. How do you make room for improvement? And if you have a response, if you want to kick it to your peoples, when the post goes up, make sure to share it, like, comment, and uh, show us your thoughts. Because we are thoughts from a counselor, but we love our thoughts from our viewers, too. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe a spinoff show. Thoughts from the viewers. <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah, maybe we should do something like that. We take questions from them and then we turn it into something. That, we'll, we'll, we'll keep that idea tough. Talking about improvements, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, do you have any key takeaways before we wrap up and finally close on out tonight, Paul? No, I think uh, the only key takeaway um, I would share is be okay with growth and change, just like this podcast um, in our lives, we will forever evolve. We will never be the same individual. We will never be the same iteration of ourselves from today, uh, from five years from now, from a year from now, from 10 days from now. We are constantly growing and changing. Embrace that growth and change. Immerse in it um, and find what best suits you so you can continue becoming the individual you see uh, yourself in, the individual you see for yourself um, in your future and in your mirror. So please continue growing, learning, 
and developing into the great individuals I know you can become. Mm-hmm. Mine is just in line with that. Don't wait to start your passions and realize that growing your passions and adding to them mm-hmm. is how we stay passionate about our passions. Right. If we turn our passions into work, cause we're like, I got to get the A, I got to get the acclaim. I got to get the this we're forgetting and we'll quickly see that now it doesn't feel like an extension of us. It feels like an extension of competition and not even the fun competition where you joking with your people is like, okay, but I, I bet I can eat more of this than you, or I bet I can hit more of these shots. Now it feels more like, oh my gosh, Kobe said we got to go to the gym and put up 150 shots. <laughs> that don't even sound fun. But on that note, the episode has concluded. So, I'm Liebert Lester the third, and I'm Paul Singleton the second. All right, everybody, we signing off. <laughs>